Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio, as well as the Aaron Torres podcast. And Aaron, as always, man, we appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing okay, John. How are you doing? Uh, we are rolling here on a very hot Thursday in Arkansas. Ooh. and. Yeah, what is a, hot for you guys? So, I mean, it was like 115 a few weeks ago in Little Rock. Is it still 115? Not it, quite that hot. Yeah, but, yeah, it's hot is around 98, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. Pretty close to 100. Yeah, when you're flirting with the triple digits, I think that that's where it gets. Because right now it's looking at it says 99, but uh, the heat index itself, where or what it feels like, is 107. Yeah, so. yeah. humidity, Aaron, is, is what takes us over the top here. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's about 100 where I am. For It's basically been... 90-plus basically the entire month of July. We don't get as bad of humidity as you guys do. So, yeah, everybody stay safe. Make sure to hydrate. Look both ways before you cross all that good stuff. But, yeah, I was just curious what that means. Oh, yeah, stay yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's always a different variation and definition wherever you're at. I mean, it, it must be hot because you got, like, the most glowing tan in the world, John. So I know you've been, I know that sun is really strong wherever you've been. I can tell just by watching your YouTube videos. So. Yeah, yeah. Where, you know, I got the sun, and it's all those green lights that keep shining on me on the podcast, man. Yeah, I'm just I know. like, yeah, it's, it's coming Never in. Ends. I get it. Yeah, it's I got, feel your pain. I really do. Yeah, they got the UV rays built into those or something like that. Not sure. But, <laughs> hey, but man, Hashtag podcast problems. Yeah, yeah seriously. Seriously. But, Aaron, hey, man, I know that there's been a lot of stuff going on and some you've discussed a lot as well as we have is about the move of Colorado going to the Big 12, which they were in the Big 12 originally, and now they're just going back. But the Pac-12 continues to lose its members. Just what would you make of the story and the move? And do you think it's uh, great for not only the Big 12, but also for Colorado to leave the Pac-12 to go back to the Big 12? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the move didn't surprise me. I mean, listen, this has been discussed and talked about for seemingly months on end. And I actually thought this was coming, and I'll tell you why. You know, last week was Pac-12 Media Day. Um, first of all, it says a lot about the Pac-12. They only get one day when the SEC gets four, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but what was interesting was that this never-ending uh, conference uh, TV deal for the Pac-12 and why I found it especially interesting, so, so it was two reasons, really. One was I think Colorado had maybe not publicly but privately said, you know what, we're going to wait until – we're going to well, – first of all, I think in a perfect world they would have liked to see what the final TV deal looked like. And, hey, um, you know, is that deal better than what we can get in the Big 12? Because obviously you don't want to leave the Pac-12 and then end up with less money in the Big 12. So I think in a perfect world, they would like to see the numbers. But what I do think happened was they kind of gave maybe a silent within the building deadline of media day for that deal to be presented. And I found it very interesting last week. I think this kind of flew under the radar. The, the Colorado school president said something to the effect of basic, basically, let me even rephrase. So multiple reports come out early last week that, there, that there is not going to be a TV deal presented to the Pac-12 schools at media day. And then the Colorado president does an interview on Tuesday or Wednesday, right before the event, where he says, yes, we look forward to seeing the TV deal and we expect to see it when we're there. What that basically said to me was he knows that it's not coming, but now he can kind of use that as almost his get out of jail free card of, listen, we waited, we were patient, whatever. So I'm not surprised. You know, what does it mean for Colorado? I don't know. They haven't been good in forever in the Pac-12. So 
We'll see if Deion Sanders can take him to another level. Obviously, I think the big story that everybody wants to know is what is next for the Big 12. They're not going to stay at 13. And I think that really becomes the most interesting question from both the Big 12 and Pac-12 perspective is, does the Big 12 go beyond 13? Do they take another or multiple Big 12 schools, or or Pac-12 schools, excuse me, because people keep asking about kind of the future of the Pac-12. You know, it feels like once the next one goes, then everybody's going to try to follow suit. And so does the Big 12 go to 14? Does it go to 16? Do they add Pac-12 teams? Do they add somebody else? Those are kind of the variables that you got to watch out for uh, as this thing continues to shake itself out. Aaron, would you mentioning that, you know, this is no surprise because it's been talked about quite a bit. The wonder is, like, Coach Prime, this is going to be his first season, and as they were going through the hiring process, was this something that was already in mind and maybe discussed with him before taking the job, or is this something that came about once he took the job and they felt like this would help them to take the next step along with some change that's going on with Coach Prime being there? Well, what I can say confidently, and I, I talked to enough people that, that confirm this, is I, the number one advocate for this move was Coach Prime, and, and you, you don't have to be a genius why. I know many of your listeners are Dallas Cowboys fans. Uh, Coach Prime, obviously, is a Dallas Cowboys icon and spent most of his adult life in Dallas, you know, in post-retirement. And so my understanding was he was the biggest advocate because he's got a home in Dallas, he's been a high school coach in Dallas, he wants to recruit Dallas, and it'll be bigger, it'll be easier doing it in that Big 12 footprint. So I don't know, you know, if this was in the works beforehand, um, but he's certainly been an advocate. And then the other thing, Joe, that I do think is interesting, there was a really funny quote that came out the day that Coach Prime was hired and it could be perceived as one of two things, but the, the, the AD Rick George at Colorado was asked, you know, hey, basically you're paying Coach Prime whatever it is, $5, 6000000 million a year. I don't know what the exact number was. And the AD at the time, they, they said to him, they said, you know, that seems like more than you, you claim that you are willing to give a head coach. Where did the money come from? And the AD said this on the record. You can find the video on social media. The, the, the AD said something to the effect of, oh, we don't have the money yet, but we'll figure it out. And I think a lot of people, myself included, took that as, ha-ha, that's so funny. But I think in hindsight, maybe this is something that he's been thinking about for a while. Maybe he always had that in his back pocket of, if the if the Pac-12 can't give us what we're looking for, then we're ready to cut bait and go somewhere else. Obviously, the Big 12 would be the one that makes the most sense. So, you know, when that was said, I think we all got a kick out of it. But maybe in hindsight, there was more to it than we realized at the time. So what does this mean for the Pac-12 itself? We know USC and UCLA leaving the, the, the huge marketing brand of L.A. They're gone. You got Colorado, who's now gone, too. It seems like there could be some cases where teams are going to start jumping ship. Is this just inevitably the beginning of the end of the Pac-12? Or you think that they can try to keep this moving with the teams that they have currently in position in the conference and maybe try to expand? Yeah, I, I think the future of Pac-12 is totally contingent on what the Big 12 wants to do going forward. Um, you know, again, I think the Big 12, I don't think, it seems pretty obvious the Big 12 isn't going to stop at 13 schools. Colorado is 13 school. So is that 13 school, or is the 14th school a, a current Pac-12 school? And then I think the bigger question is, do they stop at 14? You know, if they, if they add one more to go to 14, it kind of, makes sense to go to 16, of course, because that's where the SEC and the Big Ten are going to be going forward. 
And so I think it goes without saying, John, if you lose three more schools to the Big 12, I mean, I guess in theory the quote-unquote Pac-12 stays together, but it's just a facsimile of what it is even this year. And that, by the way, that's kind of the sad part about it. The Pac-12 was going to be really good at football this year. I mean, Utah's the two-time defending champ. They, they host Florida the opening week of the season – Utah's close to a double-digit favorite in that game. Now, maybe it speaks to how bad Florida is. You're two under Billy Napier, but get the point. Um, you know, Colorado was obviously an interesting team coming into this year. We know they're not going to be there. Oregon and Washington, you know, Oregon's coming off a 10-win season. Washington's coming off an 11-win season. Um, so there's going to be a lot of good football being played. I didn't even mention USC. There's going to be a lot of good football being played in that conference, and it feels kind of sad, really, because it feels like this conference is just finally starting to get its bearings on the field, and now it could be torn up. Again, to answer your question, John, I think what this really comes down to, does the Big 12 want to go past 13? It almost certainly does. And if it includes more Pac-12 schools, I think the the Pac-12 is in a lot of trouble. So what makes the most sense for schools like Oregon, Washington, Utah? Because some of the schools that have been tied to some of the Pac-12 and moving to the Big 12, some more of that expansion. It's more about Arizona, Arizona State, and some of those schools. But when you look at the biggest name remaining, it probably is Oregon. So what makes a lot of sense for them? It's so fascinating, guys, because this seems to me, just talking to people behind the scenes, it seems to be changing daily. And and it's funny. I mean, you can go back to podcasts that I did. Maybe I said it on this show. I don't know. But the one piece of all this realignment puzzle was that Oregon and Washington seemingly are tied at the hip, and they seemingly had no interest in the Big 12. And so that led me to believe is there's some sort of deal that's eventually going to happen where they get to the Big 10. The Big 10 has a new commissioner. It's going to take a little while, blah, 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 blah. I bring it up, guys, because now if you're Oregon and Washington – you know, you can't sit around and wait for the Big Ten. You can't hope that down the road, whether it's a year or five years, you know, if the Pac-12 stays together, maybe in three or four years down the road, the Big Ten will expand. If you're Oregon and Washington, you got to make moves. And so now all of a sudden, and again, this speaks to the Big 12, is part of it is, you know, I don't think the Big 12 was going to take bad schools just to take schools. But now the question becomes, um, you know, for, from an Oregon perspective, do you want to get left behind? If, it, if an Arizona goes to the, to the Big 12, if a Utah goes, if Arizona and Arizona State go, whatever it would be, if you're Oregon, even if you're the biggest brand, you want to get left behind. And so I don't know. Um, I think that even as of a week, two, three weeks ago, uh, Oregon was content with kind of sitting back and waiting it out and, and whatever. But again, as weird as it sounds, because Colorado hasn't been very good, I do think it does change some of the dynamics where they were rumored to go. They were rumored to go. Well, now it's happening. And if you lose another school or two, you could be left behind in what's a a clearly inferior conference. So it's fascinating. I know I keep saying it, and it's not a cop-out. I just truly believe it is. A lot of this is in the Big 12's court of can they convince two or three more schools to leave? That would be really bad news. Can the Pac-12 obviously somehow cobble together a TV deal? I don't know that they can at this point, but obviously the, you know, the, the entire future of the conference kind of depends on it. Speaking with Aaron Torres of Fox Sports Radio and the Aaron Torres Podcast here on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Brattle Fine Jewelry Hotline. So uh, Aaron, also for the Big 12 on that side of things, I, I know you mentioned it, 
They're not done yet. They're going to keep expanding. You're throwing around UConn possibly being the next team to jump in. But uh, just what do you think of the Big 12 and continuing to add teams? And is UConn going to be the next team that gets added? And if so, when would that be? Yeah, I'll say this is, you know, people think it's crazy. Um, and, you know, I mean, we could debate it if you want. Uh, I do think there's interest um, for both sides, obviously. And for people that, that say, why would UConn leave the Big – why would they leave the Big East? They just got back, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, the, the, the Big East TV deal is pennies on the dollar compared to what you'd even get in the Big 12, let alone the SEC. And so anybody saying, oh, why would UConn leave? It's the same reason anybody leaves. Why would USC and UCLA leave a conference that geographically makes a lot more sense? It's because they're going to triple uh, their TV revenue. And I think for UConn, they would even more than triple their TV revenue if they were to leave. And so, you know, I think this is the, the sad reality of a lot of this realignment, right, is, you know, I know a lot of people at UConn, it's my alma mater. Um, one, obviously there has to be an invite, um, but I think if there is an invite, they would take it. Um, but I don't think it's, it's something that everybody wants, even not just fans. Like, I think administratively, I think the school president is a Connecticut native. I think in a perfect world, she'd love to stay in the Big East. But is that, you know, is it feasible to, to run a high-profile athletic department, national championship-winning basketball program where the basketball coach makes now $6 million a year? You have an iconic women's basketball coach that I think is the highest-paid player in the sport. By the way, fun fact. For you guys, you know, the third winningest college baseball program after over the last two years behind Tennessee and Arkansas, it's UConn. Hmm. So UConn has a coach in Jim Penders that other schools have tried to poach away. Well, you're not going to be able to keep him around forever uh, if he keeps winning at the level that he does. By the way, really quickly, you guys did not know that stat, did you? I had no, no. clue. Not at there all. you go. <laughs> We're a baseball school, baby. And so but this is, you know, this, this, is, the, this is the problem in all seriousness, guys. Like, it, it, they're fun topics for fans to talk about. It sucks when your school is leaving or coming or going or this or that or they're going to a conference that you know geographically doesn't make sense. But it really does come down to dollars and cents. And so, you know, again, if the Big East TV deal is paying, you know, five, six, seven million dollars a year and your coach, your basketball coach alone is making six and a half million dollars, it's just not feasible. So I don't know if I really answered your question, John, but I do think UConn is on the radar. Uh, it's not a secret that Brett Yormark is trying to build uh, a, 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 a conference that is very successful in basketball. That's why Arizona appeals to him from the Pac-12. Uh, and that's why UConn is of interest to them. And, and I do think UConn is very much in the mix for one of those spots. And I'm here to tell you, I know a lot of people think UConn would be crazy to leave the Big East, but I think it's something that probably is coming here, uh, you know, realistically could be coming here in the next few weeks. With all the news and uh, talk about the Pac-12 and what's happening there, Pac-12 Media Day happened last week. Was there anything that caught your attention coming out of Pac-12 Media Day? think so and i think this that question joe will put a nice bow on this conversation is i do feel bad for their commissioner um george kliopkov because i didn't think he presented the best front last week um you know he was asked about the tv deal and he said you know we're here to talk about football and then the the uh the next question is does that mean that the tv deal is done and he immediately says you're looking too much into it and so I just bring it up because I don't think he 
presented himself as well as he possibly could have. But there's also nothing you can really say other than that the TV deal is done. Here's what you need to know. And so if there's no TV deal to be had, and again, I, I hope you know you guys forgive me for kind of nerding out on some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, but I, that was my biggest takeaway is, is if you're the Pac-12, you need a stronger uh, uh, face and messaging to the public. But at the same time, if there's no message to give, there's no message to give. And so that was my big takeaway was I thought the commissioner, unfortunately, was in a bad spot. You know, we know that the Pac-12 TV deal expires after this coming season. There's nothing on the docket. And I'll say this too, guys. I don't know if the Colorado move, re, you know, do they have to start from scratch now that there's only nine teams? You know, I don't know how all of this works, Joe, but or, or guys, but I will say this, Joe, is that uh, that was my biggest takeaway. Is I, I kind of felt bad for the commissioner. There's nothing he can really say that's going to make things right. It's a sad reality of where we're going in college sports, but it is a reality nonetheless. And obviously, we saw it, you know, kind of, uh, you know, we saw it yesterday with Colorado. Last one for what you get out of here, Aaron. What do you make of uh, Purdue and Arkansas facing off against each other in a Woo! charity exhibition game? How about that? What don't I make of that? that you know, this, I, I'll tell you what I actually make of it. I am amazed. You know, I, I said this for years about John Calipari, is that what amazed me most about him was an ability to always find ways to keep his team in the news and keep a spotlight on his team. And I bring that up because I think Coach Must is as good, if not better than that. You know, he's, he's, he's as good as Coach Cal is uh, or Coach Cal was in his prime when Kentucky was rolling. I mean, you think about all the different things that now get Arkansas fans excited about basketball. So, I mean, listen, guys, I, I love college basketball, but it wasn't that long ago. The season kind of ends in March, and you just don't talk about it again until October or November. And now you have – portal recruiting, you have summer tours. Um, you know, even last year with the summer tour, he had all those, you know, T-shirts made that said, you know, hogs in Europe or whatever it was. Um, you have charity exhibitions. Like, who cared about a charity exhibition even two or three years ago? And now Arkansas fans have something to put on their calendars in October of, hey, the reigning national player of the year is coming to our building, and maybe it's only for an exhibition but that's still going to be cool. We had the big, uh, the big, whatever, the ACC, SEC challenge the other day where Duke's now coming into the building. And so, you know, I, I know some of it is like, well, you know, if you're not good, you're not going to get Duke. But it doesn't change. I just think this guy is incredible at keeping interest in his program throughout the year. Obviously, the success on the court, uh, NBA draft picks. Now you got to pay attention to Summer League because there's a bunch of former Arkansas uh, players playing. It's just incredible to me how he keeps this program in the spotlight, how he keeps fans engaged. And this is just the latest example of that with the news that we got the other day about Purdue. All right, Aaron, as always, man, we appreciate it. Have a great week and uh, enjoy the rest of the summer. Okay, man? Ooh, stay cool, boys. I'll try to do the same.